Welcome to Getting Off with Natalie and Rocky, where we help you to create more safety and enjoyment in the bedroom. I'm Natalie Viers, a pleasure and intimacy coach. And I'm Rocky Peterson, Yoni massage practitioner and pleasure educator. This is a space where you get to open your mind, be free of your inhibitions and play. Hey, hello. Welcome to another episode of Getting Off with Natalie and Rocky. I'm Rocky. And I'm Natalie. And today we're going to talk about what makes you feel seen during sex. And this is uh, going to be interesting for me because, God, I don't know if guys feel seen. <laughs> Let's start there. <laughs> what, what, what is feeling seen? What does that mean to you no, as a as a man? Well, I, gosh, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, I don't know how much I think about that. So, I mean... I'm, I, I guess maybe once I get an idea from you of what, you know, what, what you mean, I'll be able to kind of relate something to it. So let's, it's, maybe you can do, tell me what, what does that mean to you? Do you generally feel seen when you're having sex? Yeah. I mean, it's not something that really registers that I do or don't. It's, you know, yes. it's kind of off my radar a little bit. You just do, and so therefore it's new information that one might not feel seen during sex. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. I mean, I have clients that want to be seen. They're, you know, a little bit, and, and I'm talking about it in a physical sense, and I'm not sure that that's what you're talking about here. They want to be seen physically. They want their body to be seen and admired and, and um, you know, cherished and worshipped. And, you know, that's a lot of what I do in my private, you know, practice sessions is letting them be vulnerable so that they can be seen physically. Do you feel that way during sex or is that something that that occurs to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel seen, but I don't know that it's a, a metric that guys think about as much because... We kind of know that women aren't like, look at us like, oh, wow, that's a great body you got. That's a great, you know, that's some great junk you got there or something like that. I mean, you know, I mean, if, if we hear that, it's like, wow, okay, cool. You know, that's, that's neat. But I mean, it's kind of like, we don't expect to be seen. Okay. What about a deeper definition of the word seen that's more like understood? Do you feel understood during sex? No. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Why not? It, it feels like women are still kind of trying to wrap their head around, okay, who are you and what are you going to do to me? Because, I mean, you know, there's a little bit of the deer in the headlights. Okay. But again, I mean, you know, it, my, my situation is a little bit different than a lot of guys because, you know, they're coming to me and they've got, you know, something going on. So they're nervous and, you know, they're trying something new for the first time. Yeah, I think I think in this particular instance, I, I wasn't so much referring to experience with your clients, because I think that most of your clients that are coming to you are coming to work on something in some degree or another. And I agree with you there. I'm speaking more of a generalized experience as a man in sex, if we can have that conversation. Do you feel understood in your perspective, in your experience during sex Generally, I, I think generally I do, but I communicate a lot with my partners and I kind of want to make sure that we're 
on the same page. So, you know, if we're on the same page, you know, before we begin, then the activities that transpire after that should be no surprise, nothing missing, no no mystery. I'm not going to say I work everything out in advance completely, but I mean, um, you know, I don't like to go into a sexual encounter with somebody where, you know, there's too much that's unspoken, that's, you know, not, not understood somehow fairly clearly what's going to happen and and all of that and i guess i'm understood in the communication phase more so than you know the activities phase i guess you would say so would you say that communication enables a feeling of feeling understood during the activities phase oh, oh absolutely i i think that's the whole idea I, maybe maybe you know maybe that's how some of us guys do it that we we want to be understood, you know, before we go in and, you know, maybe that's a boundary for us. And we're talking about this because maybe it, it's easier for guys to feel seen and understood than it is for women. Maybe we have a natural inclination to feel seen or understood. So it's not as big of a deal for us. Yeah. So you're in a, you're in a masculine role and you're, you're generally feeling like you should be leading the interaction in some way. And so therefore it's invited and expected that for you to voice your desires and communicate that way. And it feels like something you should do, right? To you? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily feel an obligation to lead necessarily. I mean, in the instance of a void, like if somebody's kind of you know, kind of not knowing what to do or something like that. It's like, okay, I'll take charge for a minute. And then, you know, maybe she might want to take charge, you know, for a minute and I'm okay with that. You know, I, I don't mind reciprocal, you know, leading. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say you are leading by creating conversation and, and exploring where you want things to go. Yes, I agree in the, in the communication. I definitely am leading there. So I'll, I'll talk a minute about what I see coming up here. Uh, I think we're revealing an element of conditioning that is pervasive in culture that uh, for men, feeling seen is not an issue because culture is really kind of built around seeing men and, and uh, particularly meeting certain desires of men, whereas Women deal with a different form of conditioning. We are not encouraged to voice our desires the same way. We are not given the space to identify what our desires are in the same way. We don't experience much in the way of safety being created around what we want. And there are a ton of patterns still present in how people relate that feel consistently harmful to women so the ability to speak up and communicate, I asked you all of those questions about your experience because I wanted, I wanted to display and make really relevant how natural and easy that experience is for you and how much it just makes sense to you and how much there is no element of fear there. There is no lack of safety there for you. It feels like when you voice it, you're coming from this pe- perspective of like, this is where I'm coming from. I don't really understand why this intention yields this result. And like, you know, there's a disconnect there from around like, well, well, why would this be a challenging experience? 
And it's simply because women are met with so many experiences where it's like it's not encouraged for us in the same way that it is for men. To be a man in this society, you are encouraged to have direction. To be a woman in this society, you are encouraged to have babies. There's a massive difference in that. When you're encouraged to have babies, you are like, no one's asking you what you want to create in this world, what problems you want to solve, how you want to serve people, how you want to be seen, how you want to be heard. No one's asking that. You're just being trained to take care of a house and take care of babies and serve a particular role so that other other people can have direction and purpose. And it's it's the reason why women are so angry because it's been it's been an an exploitative way of relating to women for a really long time now. So and part of why so much of this anger comes up in our sexual relations with men is because in the broader culture, we experience all of these ways that we're told that what we want doesn't really matter. And then in the bedroom, men are like, tell us what you fucking want. <laughs> and we're like, holy fucking shit. I don't even know how to do that. Right. I mean, the younger unhealed versions of us that haven't even had an opportunity to explore that. What the hell do I want? That's why you and I have so many clients coming through because that is what this culture that doesn't actually treat women as fully fledged individuals who have desires of their own creates is a bunch of women who are disconnected from their truth and disconnected from what what they want to birth in the world like we're birthers we're here to create i mean yeah babies great wonderful babies there's so much more to birth are you excited to explore the world of pleasure? If so, head to gettingoffwithnatalieandrocky.com where you can choose your own adventure. Well, okay. So I'm going to chime in for the guys here because I can feel what some of the guys might be you know, thinking on something like this. Or maybe it's just my opinion. I don't know. But, you know, okay there's social conditioning that's been going on for a long time. And really where we are in this era is we're trying to, you know, kind of unravel it. We're pulling the string, trying to, you know, completely disassemble this conditioning. And I agree with what you're saying. The conditioning is, yeah, you should have babies and you should stay home and do laundry and keep the house and blah, 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 blah. But on the flip side of that, that conditioning has a task for men too. You will go out and produce and bring home lots of money. And yeah, except that a lot of women are doing that and the household and the babies. Oh, I'm not saying that that this that it's equitable or fair. I'm just saying that's how it was back in the 50s that the men would go out and produce. But now today, 2023, the women are doing all of that and they're going out and producing on top of that. Right, right. And and like I'm saying, I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying that the conditioning uh, doesn't need to be changed, that there isn't a better way for us all to make it work. And um, but I mean, I, I'm just saying it's it's not just men thinking you should, you know, pump out babies and 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 stay at home when we're talking about you 
having babies and working. Well, now we're talking about a different situation where, you know, hopefully men are seeing, wow, you're, you know, you got a lot going on and hopefully they're participating in the process of the family and the house and all of that other stuff, because now you guys are a team and you're both working towards the same objective. We both have to earn money. We both have to pay the bills and we both have to raise the family. And I, I think younger people are probably embracing that you know, concept more if they're pairing up at all. I mean, a lot of kids aren't even getting married. It's like they don't even want to, they don't even buy into any of the old paradigm. So I guess we're talking about the ones that do. And I'm seeing kids, you know, being creative in blazing their own path now, as opposed to buying into the old mindset. I mean, yeah, I would say that one example of those subjugative patterns has been that and that is shifting is that women have been carrying the majority of the mental load of running a household and taking care of a family for decades and it does feel like i see more conversations happening around equity in the division of that load well now i'm not feeling seen <laughs> I would say that men who carry their fair share of that load are rare because the what ends up happening when women are, are in charge of home and men are in charge of work is that men mentally check out of managing what's happening at home to any degree and, and kind of become an employee at home and receive their their assignments and their requests. And we see a lot of like employee mentality uh, where there's like bare minimum show up like, Oh, I'm tired. I don't have much energy. So this is the, this is the performance you get kind of, kind of energy. Um, And that's, that's a really, really, really common experience for women in relationship, uh, especially like sharing living space. I have had, multiple experiences living platonically with men uh just sharing living space which i think most people would agree that amongst adults uh the fair thing is to especially when we're not in any kind of relationship with any kind of dynamic with those agreements in place that the fair thing is to equitably divide the labor but the experience that i've had um, now, a couple times with male living partners is that uh, they they treat my my desire to live in a clean home and to have that as a standard as the standard in the home. Like like they're they're working to meet my standard, and I am in charge of making sure that that standard is met. So I need to ask regularly for help meeting that standard, bare minimum effort is met. If we're talking about cleaning, I'm having to go back in after them and complete the job and actually take it to all the way clean because for some reason they decided most of the way clean was clean. (laughs) It's, and it's, I mean, and these are the conversations that a lot of women are having about their partners because these are behaviors that a lot of men are embodied in at home Things like leaving their dirty laundry on the floor uh, rather than, you know, putting it away in the in the laundry basket. Things like 
I just spent an hour cleaning the kitchen. Uh, and instead of putting two dirty dishes straight into the dirty dishwasher, they get put on the counter and the sink in the totally clean kitchen, therefore making the kitchen not clean anymore, <laughs> instead of taking the step to maintain the clean kitchen. There's no real sense of responsibility for maintenance work or for like tr trying to continually put effort toward maintaining a standard because men in this dynamic, it's really like a mother-son dynamic. It's men trying to treat women living partners like their like their mother. Uh, you know, they they have to be asked to do their chores. <laughs> They have to be asked to contribute. They have to be nagged and told like, hey, when you cleaned this toilet, do you see this shit right here that is still on the rim? That like there's there's literal shit I'm looking at right there. And you're telling me this is a clean toilet. How are we operating in different realities here? <laughs> like it's like that. And it's it's a there are definitely some men who have matured and realized how much work it takes to live in a clean home that is orderly and, and that like there's consistent love that has to go into it. And a woman can't do that all herself. That's how she drains herself constantly. That's how she's never available for sex because she's putting all her love and energy into making sure that all these little things are kept up and maintained day in and day out because that's the only way to maintain a household and not have these constant backups and, and like times when you have to pour intense energy into resetting things and making things happen. And I think it's really interesting that the conversation flowed here because this is really related to being seen in sex. Because I think the a, a woman's experience at home can feel just as unseen as our experience in sex can. Okay. Oh boy, so many so many possibilities here. So okay, so I'm I, I'm a guy that mm, I'll take my car to the car wash maybe once a month, and I'm hearing that every time it rains you want your car washed. And, but you know, that's your preference. That's, that's, that's your need, right? That you need, you need that immaculate lifestyle. Uh, I get that. I appreciate that. It's, it's, it, it's, it's attractive. Okay. You are totally triggering every relationship argument I've had ever right now. But <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just don't need my truck to be that clean every single day. You know, I, I work out of it. It's, it's, a, it's a working vehicle. So, you know, if I go to the car wash, I'm just going to get it dirty again in a minute. So, you know, I'm uh, heck screw it. I'm I'll, I'll get it clean once in a while and, and I'll be okay with that. And, you know, yeah, I might put a plate in the sink Actually, if the dishwasher's empty or it's dirty dishes in the dishwasher, I do put, you know, the dishes in there. But, I mean, if it's clean dishes in there and, it, and I don't have the, the, the time right this minute to empty the dishwasher and put my, my single plate in the dishwasher, yeah, I might put it in the sink. You know, it's down there in the sink. Nobody really can see it unless they're standing right there at the sink. Uh, 
you know, I'm not too concerned about that. I mean, I, I get how you feel about it, though. I do. Does anyone have to ask you to clean up after yourself? No. No. So that, I mean, that's not the experience that a lot of women have. There are times our house gets lived in and, and we're not, you know, we're not cleaning it every day. I'm going to admit that we're, you know, kind of more like, okay, once a week, we've got to, you know, kind of go through the house and really kind of do it. So some things kind of, you know, um, get a little, get a little messy. There are degrees of how people need some people, like I know people that are so anal, it's like, it's spotless three times a day, you know, or right now. Okay. I want, I want to clear something up. Sure. I want to clear something up. Okay. First of all, this feels like nitty gritty, which is missing the underlying point that I'm trying to make. Okay, good. But the nitty gritty is that my personal standard and what I'm referring to here is that I prefer to do a reset of like a full all the way clean reset of my space every two weeks. And then I like for little efforts to be made in between those those two cleans to try to maintain and keep things mostly clean. But but, you know, there's there's an inevitable (laughs) accumulation of dirt that's going to happen in two weeks of. Uh, having a kid around and and other adults and doing all the cooking and all the things. And so some people will shift their standard to the point where they're happy to live in a space that never reaches a point of 100% cleanliness. 100% cleanliness is that the clean that when you've paid someone to clean your house and you walk into the space and it feels totally fresh and totally clean and everything is in order and all the all the surfaces have been wiped and it's it's a reset for the space. There's there's a reason why that feels like such a luxury to have someone else clean your house because it's a, like all this effort to give you a totally fresh experience in your space. I believe that's a a luxury that we all like to experience. And that we all deserve to experience that. And there are multiple ways to make it happen for ourselves, but that the only way to enjoy it is to take personal responsibility for the standard that we're setting for ourselves. Do we want to live in a clean environment? Great. What is required to create that? Whether we need to use our own energy or pay someone else or whatever. That being said, in a in, like in a platonic shared living situation someone will say yeah i want to live in a clean space and and they will agree to this is the the labor that's needed to maintain that but then their their efforts don't go all the way there it, there's like there there's a gap between what the agreement was and what like oh yeah it, it's nice to live in a clean space and so the other person is forced to either pull back themselves from the agreement and and you know where where that desired standard is and just agree to live in more dirt basically because the other person isn't willing to take it all the way there where the agreed upon standard is or do more effort to make up for the other person's lack and bring the standard all the way there so Men who say, yeah, I hear you, you like it clean and I and and you know, it's not as important to me. 
you're giving women two choices. Learn to live in the dirt with you and just accept that and never get to enjoy what makes us feel good, which is that reset and that clean slate and like the standard that we would like to enjoy or drain ourselves and create it ourselves or take it off our plate and pay for it to happen and, and respect that it is something that is important that, you know, that impacts how we feel and how we operate in the space. You know, it's like kind of asking someone like, I want you to work here at home uh, and take care of this space. But, um, it doesn't get to be the way that you like it when you're in it. <laughs> like you have to just deal with the the situation that, that it is and, and, you know, be happy, <laughs> be happy wifey. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot to ask. Yeah. Well, I've been on both sides of that. I had a previous relationship and she had three kids and her kids would just, you know, cook all this stuff all day long, let it pile up in the kitchen. I'd bring home something to cook and I'd literally have to do the dishes so that I'd have dishes to cook and that we'd have something to eat. And it it, it was it was kind of aggravating. And so I, I understand what you're saying. But it's this is a tough this is a tough question because you know, there are degrees. And now we're talking about, you know, I mean, we've, we've already got so many variables that we're having to uh, try and match up just to be in a relationship. I mean, I, I, I have one client and we've talked about, you know, her, her list of, you know, her must have list. And it used to be 10 items and she's not finding anybody. And I think we've got it down to five now, you know, like these are my must haves. Right. And um, even at five, you know, it's it, 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 she's having a hard time finding, you know, a partner. And so, you know, when we're when we're talking about, you know, well, I need somebody that's a non-smoker and I need somebody that's, you know, like at least financially stable enough to take care of themselves, has a job, has a car, has a cell phone, you know, I mean, or, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, a few of the basics. And it's like. So hard to even find, you know, I mean, somebody yeah. with the basics. And now you, you know, now it's like, okay, well, now I've found that. Now I, now I'm going to start expanding my list again, and you know, and 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 these things that you know are like getting in the way of the relationship. So, I mean, what I'm this what, is like triggering all all my. Oh, of course it is. So many, uh, uh, so many uh, arguments that I've had absolutely. because you basically like. You're like I. You want the you want the bare minimum from me, and you want me to be clean too. <laughs> that is what I hear. Well, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm what I'm saying is, and 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 I'm not just talking about the house. I mean, it could be, gosh, there's you know, there's all kinds of things it could be. It could be how someone relates to friends. It could be how much alcohol they consume. You, it could you be see what how I mean, much though, pot they do. How much? How many games they play. I mean, you're doing all, the same all, thing in this conversation. You're making it about how my standard might be unreasonable. No, no, right? no, 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 no. I'm not saying your standard is unreasonable. Not, not at, no, I don't want to say that. And you're, though, you're making it about my standard instead of why isn't the conversation that we're having about why aren't men more interested in identifying raising their standards 
themselves. Why is it that women are continually having to be put in this position of reflecting back to men like, hey, it would be really nice if you raised your standard? Okay. Uh, so, okay. So we're not going to change your standard. We're going to change my standard. Well, it's like we're, we're, in a, we're in a shared living space together. We're in a relationship. And I say to you, uh, you know, having a, a two week reset where I get, I get my house all the way clean is, is a, like, that's a self-care essential to me. It's, it, it brings so much to my life. It's really important to me. Uh, I need you to help support me in meeting that if we're going to share space together. It, it, if I say that to you and over time, like it becomes like pulling teeth to get you to honor that. And, and it's this thing that you feel like you're constantly reaching for that you're chained to. It's kind of like instead of hearing this thing that I said, hey, this is really important to me, instead of hearing that and going, oh, it's really important to you and we're sharing this space together. Okay, now it's really important to me too. Okay. Instead of making it really important to you in that moment, you sort of hold it outside of yourself as this like, well, she would really like for me to do this and I'm going to strive for this and I'm going to try for it. It's, it. It is that mommy-son dynamic where mommy has set this expectation for me and I'm going to do my best to be a good boy, but also I still need to be loved if I'm not if I'm not the best boy. And it's like, that's a totally different attitude than, hey, this person that I love just said that they feel really nurtured by having this supported in their space and I'm sharing their space with them now and I would want them to support anything that I say is really important to me in, in my shared space. So now it is equally as important to me as it is to her. Okay. So, so I mean, you know, the question is, are you bringing in a guy into your shared space that you don't already know his standards are for how he lives in his house. Because, I mean, if you're bringing it, you know, it's like you fall in love with this guy. He's got, you know, your, 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 your list items here, but he's a pig. <laughs> you know? Honestly, you can't, you're I not going to change that. You know? you're, yeah, you're you're going back on your same argument. If we want to disqualify men because they're pigs, then we pretty much have to disqualify most of them. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, so now, so, so now you're trying to take a pig, you know, that you like, that you want to hang out with and you're trying to, do you to, want to be a pig and you're, the rest of your life? and you're trying to change him? I, I, I mean, it's that, or you can be a pig by yourself the rest of your life. Well, I mean that, see, that's the problem. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to teach guys, it's, it's you know, not so much trying to change them. It like, me saying I feel nurtured and supported by my space being clean, if you're going to share it with me, that's not me trying to change a man. That is me inviting a man to raise his standards, to meet mine, to make that important, to create a harmonious, synergistic connection for us at home. Well, to like well said. Create harmony. Well said. I like that. I like how you that's say that. That's not me trying to change him. That's me saying, I need this. Yeah. Can you meet me here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, for a while he tries and it's like, man, this just isn't my thing. I'd rather be out mowing the lawn. But see, yeah, he, him trying is him cleaning the toilet and leaving vis visual shit on the rim. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what is a woman <laughs> supposed to do in that scenario? Uh, like, do we just continually say, Hey, 
I would really feel supported by an all the way clean bathroom. <laughs> like, like, how are we supposed to voice that when we go in and there's like, there's a clear gap between what we would do ourselves that is actually clean versus what, what is being delivered. Right. Okay. I'm asking, how do we communicate that in a way that invites you to raise your standards for how you clean a literal toilet bowl? Okay. Well, I I mean, maybe the, the tasks are allocated differently. You know, maybe there's other things. He's just not capable of cleaning a toilet bowl. Like, Uh, I mean, really, we're going to, that my friend, that my friend is what we call weaponized incompetence. And it is a very, real thing that men use at home to avoid doing tasks that aren't all that fun. It's not any more fun for me to scrub that shit off that toilet bowl than it is for him. And he is not any less capable of scrubbing that shit off that toilet bowl than I am. And you guys need to stop doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, let's take it back now here, because the question is, what makes you feel seen during sex? And oh boy, I don't know how to reconcile all this. Right and now. look where we are. And and isn't this such a common problem in relationships where men are like, I just wanted to fuck. And here we are talking about this bullshit. How, like, I mean, I would bet that happens in 90% of conflicts that come up. Well, okay. So I'm going to say this explains why more people are staying single. It's like, okay, I can just live in my shit in my house and I can have my standards in my house. If you want to come over, what you see, what you see is what you get. If you don't want to come over, okay, then don't come over. Why are men okay with living like pigs? Why is that an acceptable thing? Uh, you know, for you? I say if it wasn't for women, we'd still be living in caves. But why is that fair? Like, how can you argue that men are being personally responsible for themselves? How can you argue that? I'm not. I'm not going to argue that men are being responsible for themselves. No, men are. You know, men are inherently irres- irresponsible about a lot of things. I, I'll be the first you're, to admit so that. You're saying, so, so you can't say what you see is what you get. What you need to be saying is, "Hey, men, take responsibility for raising your standards." Part of living a thriving life is nurturing yourself and your environment, the place where you spend the most time, nurturing yourself through your environment. It is actually essential for our mental health to have an environment that we nurture. I have known men who have existed in spaces where they have corners and windowsills and areas of their homes that have not been dusted or moved and have a pile of stuff that is cobwebby in years. And what you don't understand is that's all dense, heavy, emotional energy, even dead skin cells of yours sitting there, (laughs) rotting, weighing you down, holding you back in life. It's, it's, It's literally the embodiment of chaos. Those those doom box spaces. <laughs> mm. And and here's the thing. I think most men are traumatized around cleaning because most men had a relationship with mommy where mommy forced it to happen and they didn't like doing it when they were little. 
And now they just, they don't want to do it unless mommy in the form of lover is going to make them do it. Now, the aversion is so strong (laughs) that they're just not going to bring themselves there on their own. And that's really sad. That's really disempowered. That means that a lot of men are living in sad filth, sad filth. And that is like, like, (laughs) do you feel seen during sex? Like where (laughs) we don't want sad filth. We're not, we're not attracted. We're not interested. And like, we're, in, we're so many of us are operating in such bare minimum land. And it's like, we women want sex. We want, we want that kind of attention. We want, we want dick. We want that in our lives. But like some of y'all are getting pussy for just being lumps on the couch. <laughs> You're not showing up for yourself. You're not showing up for her. And it's, it's, it's a really sad, dysfunctional, draining dynamic. Oh, it's it's terrible. It's terrible, and you know th- th- there are so many pitfalls in all of this. So, in my last relationship, partner had three boys, and they were young and impressionable, and I was trying to teach them because the my relationship before was the one where the everybody just left everything you know, they'd cook and just walk away from their mess and leave it for whoever showed up next. Right. And so it's like, I don't want any more of that. So I started, you know, trying to teach the boys. It's like, Hey, when we get up for dinner, we all go to the kitchen and we all put our dishes in the dishwasher and we all work together and we clean up the kitchen. It'll happen in just a minute if we all just do our part. Right. And mom chimes in and says, no, they're kids. Um, I want them to be able to just play. And I told her, I said, look, you know, this is when you teach them. They're willing to help. They're so helpful when they're boys. They'll, they'll, if, if you teach them now these things, it'll be easy for them. They'll always clean their rooms. They'll be tidy. They'll t- pick up after themselves. And, and it won't be a problem when they get older and bigger and messier because that's what's going to happen. Oh, no, no, no. I'll, I'll do it. Because, you know, I want them to be able to just be kids and just be able to play. And so she vetoed my intention to help these young men have the habits of what you're talking about. She, She killed it. She killed it. Yeah, she probably had her own trauma around being forced to do it herself and wanted to give her kids childhood freedom that she didn't get. Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, we all have to learn to clean up after ourselves. And then there's more. There's more. She was also the one that it's like, I can't have sex if my house isn't spotless. Right. And it's like, okay, I'll make sure the house is freaking spotless. And, you know, that might have worked a few times. But after that, after that, eventually it didn't matter how spotless. Now there's another reason. Okay. Well, right. Because it's not not actually... It's not actually about the house being spotless. That is that is a barrier to sex. That's a self-protective thing and, and that's a that's a manipulation to try to meet an emotional need through an through an external circumstance. Mm-hmm. That's not healthy. Meeting any external circumstances like needing the lights to be off while having sex for example is just like a mirror of an insecurity that's going on inside. Going back to what you were saying I wanted to say that most people don't understand that nurturing our environment is an act of self-devotion. It's an act of devotion in general. And when we do it for our family, it's an act of devotion. It's, It's love in action. 
And most people frame taking care of the home like it's a burden, like it's uh, something that we need to force, like we have to make happen. And it's really that puts us in into a pattern of having to negatively reinforce something that doesn't have to be a negative experience. There's a lot of work that we do for ourselves that doesn't feel like painful work to do. There are ways to make taking care of our home more pleasurable. And yeah, it it should be normalized to share the load equally and and children should be brought on and taught that that it is a part a part of life in the same way that we devote to ourselves in brushing our teeth twice a day and efforts should be made to make it a positive experience versus a negative one the more you make it a negative experience for yourself and others the more it's going to continue to feed a negative cycle and and continue to be a negative experience and it's going to get harder and harder and harder to engage in it that's why so many men are stuck in the filth because it's just become mentally next to impossible to learn new ways of being and address the filth and a lot of that damage is done in childhood because because undersupported women who had way more of the burden on them than was fair were unfairly reliant upon the children to help with that burden and there was a lot of force and a lot of like painful power dynamic at play there so we raise a generation of men that is resistant to showing up to the work of devotion like how to devote to ourselves, how to devote to each other. A lot of what we've been talking about in this podcast is are the ways that we show up with each other that make us feel connected, that make us feel seen. You know, women don't feel seen in the bedroom pretty much across the board. Learning to feel seen is an act of learning how to more intimately connect with our partners in a new way for us, in a new way for them. Like feeling seen really seen is, I mean, some of us are lucky. Some of us fall into, into these healthy connections that, you know, that, that open us, that expand us. And I know a number of people that are, that are enjoying that kind of connection right now. And that's what we're after creating. But there are a lot of people out there that are in connections where they just don't, they just don't feel deeply seen. And and so there's a lot of sex going on where at least one person is not feeling very seen. Kick him to the curb. That's not the message here. The message here is, you know, how can we deepen with each other? How can we start to see each other? How can we recognize each other's experience? As aware as you are of a lot of women's experiences, we started this episode with you kind of going like, well, what does it even mean to feel seen during sex? Like it just, what it means is it it feels like the things that matter to me matter to you. And it just doesn't for so many women. Right. Because, and a lot of that comes down to men's argument of, well, you're trying to change me or, well, I guess I'm not capable. Well, well, you just want too much. And it's like, <laughs> are we just, are we just supposed to keep ac- accepting that from you? I, Cause the, I think that the result of that is a bunch of men living in their filth alone. Yes. 
They should. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's the reality that we're dealing with in a lot, on a lot of fronts already. Yeah. Guys, if you're a pig, yeah, you're going to, your, your odds are way, way lower. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I, I can say it, you know, the, that's an effort that if you're not putting in and not having some sincerity, right. In putting in the effort and, you know, trying to be present with where your partner is, even if it's not exactly your thing, you'll, you'll learn to enjoy it and appreciate it and have it as a desire. It does take a little bit of practice, but there are benefits and it, and it isn't just about sex really. I mean, and I get that, you know, that's not what, you know, we're, we are talking about, you know, feeling seen during sex, but it isn't, it's about, it's about us being on the same page, right? It's about I, us. I, it, it's about us being, you know, real equal partners. I, yeah, I think one of the themes we keep coming back to is for women, especially, sex is never just sex. Like there's there's more involved for us, and and we're we're having experiences that are leading towards sex well before we're in the bedroom, and but. So feeling seen during sex is what matters to me matters to you that and and I and I can feel that and the reality is is that a lot of women don't even feel like their pleasure fully matters to their partner like so you know I mean imagine how many other things they feel like don't matter to their partner yeah so it's a, it's a it's a higher higher level of I making give, her, I, I care. I give a shit. Making her feel like her pleasure matters to you is the is this like absolute baseline. Like maybe you're gonna have a, a a pretty fun time in the sack together, and and it's gonna be mutually enjoyable. But if you want her to actually like be in joy and ecstasy and bliss with you, and completely enjoying her in a sexual experience with you, then yes, more than just the pleasure has to matter. What it, what matters to her needs to matter to you. It goes both ways. But see, we don't make you men feel like what matters to you doesn't matter to us, do we? You don't experience that feeling nearly as much as we do. We make you feel like what matters to you matters to us. Because it does. Like we We want to give that to you. We really do, but it's not a reciprocated thing in many, many, many cases. Men care about what matters to you as long as it serves them and then not anymore. That almost describes human nature. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we have motivations and then, you know, our motivations might get satisfied and then our motivation isn't there anymore. I mean, that's, it's a troublesome issue with humanity, but. It's a bigger topic than what you and I are going to handle. I, I, that particular generalization felt broad. But back to, um, I think this whole episode did successfully reveal that there's a really big gap there. There's still a gap in men's awareness when it comes to that gap. <laughs> and there's genuinely just some real growth and like, Moments of integrity needed from men. We need you to own your part in in making our home a 
happy, harmonious place and, and providing the support in that, you know, I think that like using your providership to do that in certain ways is completely acceptable. If you want to pay for something that supports a desire of your partner, beautiful. It makes it easier on both of you and you have, and you both have energy left over to pour into other things that matter to you. That's an incredible, wonderful way to support and provide and make us feel like what matters to us matters to you at the same time. But you, but if you can't afford to do that or you're unwilling to make that a priority for some reason, then your behavior needs to meet it. Or you're simply asking your partner to live in a way that isn't ultimately supportive of what, of what works for them. And you're asserting my way gets to be how we're comfortable together and you just need to deal with it. And that's not fair. You would not and, and will not allow us to do the same. And a lot of the time it's because our standard is higher. And so you tell the story of, well, it's just, it's just unreasonable or, well, I'm just not there yet. And you're asking, and you're asking too much when really like when we're sharing space together, we need to be a hundred percent responsible for how we're showing up each of us. Okay. Okay. So, so at my house, I, I get a request that sounds something like this. Hey, is there a day that you can schedule some time where we clean the house? Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's a nice, that's a nice request. Not, Hey, you know, you didn't do your part today. Uh, okay. I mean, you know, I was busy. I blah, 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 blah. I got excuses. Right. So, but putting it on my schedule, that's, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm going to, whatever day you say, I'm going to show up and, and help. And all I'm asking is that you show up and help. And that's yeah. a, that's a fair request. And, mm-hmm. and guys, maybe I'm going to say, you know, you do the same thing. Okay. And, and what day would you like to show up and help me do the yard, the lawn, the weeding, the, uh, the, the weed eating, you know, rinsing off the driveway and all those things it's, too, right? Sure. Sure. As long as you also sometimes approach your partner and say, Hey honey, what day would you like to clean the house together? That's the difference. You went off into the lawn and the da 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 da, da which is back into that more gendered way of thinking of, of division of labor. What, you're not going to help in the yard? Well, I mean, if there's already that, that gendered division of labor, then then there's there probably isn't that expectation. I Yes, I think that, you know, depending upon how important it is to each partner, it, sh- it should be equally prioritized. Um, and maybe, maybe you come to an agreement that, that feels, oh, now I'm triggered again, because the whole outside versus inside, that's like such classic patriarchal reinforcement of this, of this division of labor. Uh, the, frankly, the outside isn't nearly as, as challenging or as much work. Oh, well, wait, wait, wait. I got my standard. I got, I got my standards for the lawn and the yard and what everything looks like. And I mean, if I should raise my standards about the interior cleanliness of the house, you, you should raise your standards about the exterior. That sounds like a lot like transactional thinking, which is which is just bringing us further into conflict territory around this and missing the point of what matters to you matters to me. 
The okay. only reason you're being left alone with the with the yard work is because you're leaving her alone with the housework. But you saying, I'm only going to help with the housework if you help me with the yard work is you depending your behavior based on what sh how she's going to show up, which is the same dynamic you've been exercising the whole time when you've been letting her standard decide how things are going to be. I'm going to base my behavior based on how you show up. No, that's not what I'm suggesting. That's not personal responsibility. That's transactional behavior. Personal responsibility is, do I want to enjoy living in a clean house? Do I want do I want to grow into a space in my own in my own maturity where I'm nurturing my environment and maintaining things in a way that feel like they support me and and nourish me instead of weighing me down and and you know cluttering my mind in various ways etc cetera, etc cetera. yes i'm going to decide that and i'm inspired <laughs> by the woman in my life who also feels that way about her own environment she has an opportunity if she wants to care more about the yard she can say you know I really enjoy living in this place and I really enjoy what this yard gives me. I would like to give it some love and beautify it. I, I mean, men and women work differently and operate differently too. She may decide that she wants to, you know, if, if you want help with the yard work, she'll, you know, maybe want to contribute a little money to a yard guy or something. She may have a different solution for it. But the thing is, she's also not act in the yard she's not actively contributing to what is making the yard messy and need maintenance like that it, it, it's a different scenario in the house that's your shit on the toilet that she's expected to clean off every every week i mean it's hers too but it's your shit she's not out in the yard taking dumps expecting you to clean it up like it's it's not the same thing <laughs> no. so okay but but okay, so I mean, you know, I I, I I feel where you're going, but I mean, you know, we both have the equal amount of finite time during the week, okay? We, we're both working. We both only have, you know, evenings and weekends to do things, uh, okay? So, you know, so I, I'm hearing, you know, I should just take care of the yard and spend one of my days doing that. And then I should also spend one of my days, you know, helping out in the house. And I'm on my own on the yard. Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, she's working on the house seven days a week. And you're worried about I should help on the house once a, once a week. She's, she's doing the laundry. She's doing the dishes. She's probably doing a, a lot of the cooking. She's probably taking care of the kids. She's constantly cleaning up messes around those things. She might be taking care of pets. She, like... <laughs> men have this like a blindness to maintenance work it feels like at home where and again this is a a very common experience where just like children do men consistently add to the mess that that needs to be maintained like like putting the dishes on the counter instead of into the dishwasher uh like leaving a piece of garbage on the counter instead of throwing it into the trash like leaving dirty underwear on the floor instead of putting it into the laundry all those little things like you know it you think it's just one little thing it's i left my toothbrush on the counter I did well a woman is at home all day and and you did you know six little things that created mess and her choice is 
clean up after those six little things you left as mess so that she can enjoy a clean home and maintain it and have less work for her during the like push times when you got to really do a deep clean because people are dirty and there's grime that you have to reset to keep things clean or (laughs) trust that you're going to come home and clean up those six things and even notice even notice that they need to be cleaned up because most of the time you don't even notice that they need to be cleaned up you just kind of leave them like that and and let it be and 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 it's like okay our choices just let you add to the mess like the children or clean up after you i am not condoning any situation where somebody isn't you know participating equally but that labor adds up and you and you're like you i you want me to clean the the house one day a week no every day of the week you should be sweeping that you should be wiping the kitchen counters down each day i agree you should be doing a sweep of the house and making sure none of your laundry is on the floor dishwasher you're unloading the dishwasher help God forbid, help clean up the kids' toys and reset their area. I agree. I agree. Doing the pet labor. I I agree that there's there's daily stuff that everybody should be doing uh, to contribute. I I I I got no grief with that whatsoever. You know, we 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 kind of went off on you know the housekeeping thing. So I mean all other things being equal during the week, okay. If 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 he's participating, if he's doing what he's supposed to do, putting his dishes away, you know, tech kind of keeping not not making messes for you that you have to go around and follow and pick up after. Obviously that's pretty uh disrespectful and 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 incredibly uh, and, common and like unfair, it's unfair. most men it is most men rocky but, the ones that take the responsibility for the little messes and 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 keeping up after themselves those are the rare ones it, you know my my point was if i'm out spending you know the whole day mowing the lawn i mean you know the outside need might needs to be maintained too Mowing the lawn is like using a vacuum cleaner outside. It is not that hard. No, it's not. (laughs) None of it's hard. Cleaning the toilet's not hard. No, no, it's just time, right? And like I said, we both have the the same amount of time available to us theoretically if we're working forty hours a week and we've got seven days. But but again, this is nitty gritty because it's not about how hard the task is. Because a man can successfully like hit a standard that he enjoys when mowing the lawn. Right, he can mow the lawn pristine. But then when he goes to clean the toilet that he's been asked to clean by his wife, he leaves shit on the rim. That that is what I'm talking about. Is like it's about how much you care. Yeah. Because you you don't. There's there's a a pervasive pattern of not showing up in a way you'd be proud of, right? Like who's proud of a shit stained toilet? Why is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you've got this high standard. Why don't you do the inside and I'll do the outside? Are you going to live outside too? No, but I mean, you know, we've got this property that we live in and it needs to be maintained. The inside and the outside needs to be maintained. If you can somehow eliminate 100% of the the mess you're responsible for creating on the inside so that I don't have to clean up after you, because I'm not cleaning up after myself if I clean up outside. That's not, it, it's not the same. Again, if, if, you know, if those things aren't equal, you know, the, if, if my spending... Let's say I got to spend six hours, you know, doing the yard. This is an and, evasive <clears throat> argument. And you Focusing on outside, on it's the classic. 
yeah, I yeah, I get it. Nobody. I grew see, up nobody watching seeing, my. Nobody's see, being uh, being seen today, right? <laughs> I grew up watching my parents have this exact same argument where dad was out was outside realm and mom was inside realm, and there was nothing but resentment happening. And again, and they tried they they tried having this exact same argument. Well, okay, I'll meet you halfway if you meet me halfway. That's not the point. That's not the point. Outside is like the yard is something that we should be talking about after we've dealt with the living space that we all share, that we all contribute dead skin cells and shit to on a regular basis. Okay. We Outside could- is irrelevant until we've dealt with what we all live and <laughs> and shed fucking okay, so, body so, cells so, in. So the inside takes six hours. The outside takes six hours. I'll come in and help you for three Again, hours. Again, the outside. And, you th- and you're three hours. So we both collectively put in six hours. And then let's go outside and put in six hours on the outside. Let's try working out the standard on the inside. And once we've resolved that in a way that feels real harmonious, we can then talk about the outside together. Okay. Because you're... Again, the outside argument is is it's an escape tool. It's it's a way to evade responsibility for the fact that you are equally sharing and equally responsible for an inside living space and somehow trying to make the argument that taking care of the outside is equivalent to taking care of the inside and frankly it, the the amount of labor it just shows how disconnected you are from how much labor it takes to maintain a family household throughout the week. I see, I see it differently. I see it that your standard on the inside is higher than, than mine. And so maybe you should do that. Are you saying that the men who live in filth by on their own are somehow magically taking care of their yards because they care about the yards, but not the house? Is that like, is that an argument you're making here? No. Okay. No. So yards don't just magically matter more to men than to women. That that's basically what this yard like the outside inside argument rests on is outside is man territory. No. Men who don't give a shit about standards. The only reason you're trying to assert a standard outside is a way to evade this inside argument. And I'm saying I don't fucking sleep outside. I don't live out there. We're having a conversation about shared living space. And to try to take the argument outside the doors, it's just an escape tactic. Let's talk about how we're both responsible for taking care of our immediate environment, the place where we sleep. And then we can extend our love outside the doors into the yard and nurture that together with the same energy that we've created inside these doors. Like I said, I'll come in for three hours We'll both spend three hours each cleaning the inside, and then we'll both go outside and do I, the outside for three hours. And you're back to transactional thinking. That's not, uh, I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying it's property maintenance. It needs to be done. And I, I'm helping do my part on the inside. So, you help me do the part on the outside. What's so wrong why, with that? So why does a standard about property maintenance 
matter to you more than a standard of cleanliness inside the home? It doesn't. I'm saying I'm going to come in and do my best for my, you know, the the time that we're going to spend cleaning the house. I'll come in and do my best. But only if you're met in meeting those property standards. Well, no, no, no. The deal is it's like, okay, well, if I got to come in and spend six hours on the inside or three hours on the inside, right, we're both going to do that. And now, now I got to go out inside, outside and do all that all by myself. I, I'm not getting any support there. Now I'm not feeling seen. I think that's a really short-sighted view of this of this problem that that needs more of a long-term fix. What I'm saying when, when I say let's take care of inside the home before we before we worry about outside the home, I'm saying screw outside. Let the yard look a little ugly while we learn to live at a standard in the home where we have harmony and and each of us is showing up with a degree of personal responsibility where we feel supported by the other. Let's create that inside the home and then we can take that outside. And then what you're bringing as an issue here, which is more of a transactional issue, won't be an issue because the energy of we're putting devotional energy into the place we live will be present together. And so the division of labor is no longer necessary because you're no longer using those outside standards as a way to, to evade raising your inside standards. Okay. The outside just quite frankly doesn't matter as much as well, the inside. See, and, and my point is for a lot of guys, they're, they're feeling that about the inside. It's just, it, it doesn't have to be that clean. It just doesn't have to be that clean, honey. It's just not. It's but like, see, it's, but see, it's, the reason why you're allowed to feel that way is because when you put in minimal effort and she chugs along trying to get it not that clean without your support, you find that a livable standard and she's drained by that. If she didn't do that work to like chug along and maintain a livable standard when you're not meeting her in that effort, then it would get filthier and filthier and y'all would get less and less happy and fulfilled in the space and less nurtured by the space. Yeah. So you are living in privilege on her back because she cares more than you do. Yeah. And she's going to resent the shit out of you and not want to have anything to do with your penis. Okay. There it is. <laughs> Because you are making her care more about something that you both should care about. No, you shouldn't be okay with living in filth. No, you shouldn't be accepting a standard of behavior from yourself where you just don't show up to take care of the things around you. No, that shouldn't be okay. And no, that shouldn't be put on her back. And no, you shouldn't be re rewarded with attention to your penis. <sighs> okay, guys. <laughs> If today's episode doesn't inspire you to get your ass busy on the house, I don't think anything will. And the point is, see the value in it, guys. There is value in having a desire for a cleaner house, okay? You are going to get closer. There, it, There's going to be issues because, boy, can we find them? Yes, they're easy to find. You know, there's all kinds of things that we could debate all day long. But the point is, we're not on the same page as genders when it comes to standards. Okay. I mean, women dress better. They, they, they spend more on their hair, their nails, their face, their skin. 
uh, I could go on and on and on that, you know, things we just don't have the same kind of standards of details as males that women have. So, you know, guys, if you're going to step up your standards, I think you just heard, you know, a good place to start. All of us that have things going on for us, we are not looking for someone else to take care of at home. We're looking for a true partner. We're looking for someone who's going to create with us, who's going to treat us like what matters to us matters to them and and act accordingly. It's really like you want to make someone feel seen in the bedroom, make them feel like what matters to them matters to you. So it's not in the bedroom, see? This is interesting. I I had no idea this is where this was going today. This was a total improv episode for us. So I'm pretty excited about how it went because, you know, it really, you know, really highlights, you know, a lot of what I talk to, you know, guys about. And that is that so much of what sex is doesn't begin in the bedroom. It begins in the relationship, the communication, the connection, being on the same page. So... I hope you guys got something out of this today, other than us looking like we're bickering, like a couple of married people, which we're not, we're not even in any kind of relationship together, but. uh, (laughs) We're not bickering. We're discussing passionately. I just get louder when I'm passionate. This is a, a big, big issue for a lot of women. And I've had a lot of conversations on this topic. Yeah. And it, and it really, uh, I too am pleased at where the prompt flowed, because I think that it, there's a really clear thread there for, you know, how this dynamic works out in the bedroom. If, if you, if you want a woman to want you in the bedroom, this is the kind of stuff you have to be paying attention to. This is the kind of stuff you need to grow into. If you want to connect with her more deeply, you got to look for what matters to her and how can you embody the energy of what matters to you matters to me. So talk it out. Find your sweet spot with your partner. It's there. It may be a little bit of a challenge and you may have to tweak some things along the way, but talk about it. You just heard the conversation. Listen to, you know, listen to the conversation with your partner and and chime in and let it be a food for thought. But today, that's about it for an episode and see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Getting Off with Natalie and Rocky. For more resources and ways to work with us, visit gettingoffwithnatalieandrocky.com. Please don't forget to follow, rate, review, and share the show. Join us again next week for another stimulating episode. We're here to expand your view of what's possible in intimacy and pleasure. 